Now, folks, uh, when I was in uh, the denominal world, before I was Jesus' name apostolic, I was a part of a group of churches, one of the largest churches in the world, one of the fastest growing churches in the world, denominations in the world. And they used to believe that people should get the Holy Ghost and, and they would shout and they believed holiness and then they quit preaching holiness and then they quit preaching shouting. I remember when the church I was a part of had thousands of members. They used to shout and dance and praise God and dress holy. Then it all started changing. They got worldly and they started getting big time and all the money and then the bigger church and 3,000 and then 5,000. But guess what? They quit shouting. And they quit worrying about whether people were getting the Holy Ghost. The worst thing a church can do is to get so selfish or so caught up in their own needs and their own selves that they don't care about other people getting the Holy Ghost. But of course, Apostolic Tabernacle is Pentecostal Jesus name. We're the, uh, we preach the apostles doctrine. And so we do care. We care about what the Bible cares about. And so we've been looking at some of these and I'm going to uh, walk through a few more things here. And of course, last time uh, we were looking at First uh, Corinthians fourteen five. I would that you all spake with tongues. Could you read that with me? I would that you all spake with tongues. And the word would there is thelo, which is the Greek word for will or like to wish something to. It's the common word for willing something. So Paul says that he expects them. He wants them. He desires for them. To, to speak with tongues. A lot of times people will say, well, what does it matter if, uh, if, I, if I speak in tongues? Or they might say, well, that's that. a lot of times people think that the speaking in tongues part is like the super, whole, the super righteous, the really, you know, like Mother Teresa, Although I don't think she ever spoke in tongues, but you know what I'm saying. The, the, the really special, like the preachers and the really holy, well, they speak in tongues, but not, not people like us. Not us just normal, everyday, you know. So the, I'm talking about the average person. Now, there are people out there who think of tongue speaking still today as, as weird or, or dangerous or something like that. Because there, there were a number, there was a series of books that were written back about 30 years ago trying to explain the religious phenomenon of people who were Christians who were speaking or claimed they were speaking in other tongues. And so, to, to, in order to uh, explain it to others, uh, the series of books came out, and, and these books suggested that it wasn't the devil because they don't believe in the devil. See, modern science doesn't believe in the devil. They think it's mental. And you, how can you explain a mental condition that's affecting millions and millions? And so they, they, no, 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 it's not mental. They would say that it's psychological. And that became the leading explanation for people who. Um, and I, I think I've often recommended for people who who are who have interest in that to read that and look and say well read that and see if that if you think that makes sense that somebody could be come so psychologically programmed that they would actually begin to speak uh in tongues and 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 here's the way the i think this is now the leading explanation that even though you speak in tongues it's not spiritual it's not god that there is no god or if there is he's way off somewhere but what happens is people, 
have this need, just like when you're a baby and you, that you will, uh, I mean, you don't remember it and I don't remember it, but when you were a little baby, you would just babble. They call it, you know, baby talk. And that this continues on and that it's like a psychological need. This is how they're explaining people speaking in other tongues. Now, how do you explain people falling out in the spirit and running in the aisles and jumping up and down? and all? Well, they don't try to explain that. They're just explaining the fact that literally millions and millions of people right now, if you, if you check around, the number one, the, the leading researchers are saying that there are about 600 million people speaking in tongues living right now. 600 million people speaking in tongues. Well, that is a worldwide phenomenon. Listen to me. Now, I'm, I'm trying to be very, I'm, I'm teaching, I'm talking about some things here. When Martin Luther m- nailed the, 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 the 95 the, to the walls of the, of the great cathedral and said, Here's where I stand. And they brought him in before the, the church and said, you, you, you can't do this. And he said, I'm going to stand on the Bible. Well, that was called the Protestant. That was the beginning. Although we know the Protestant Reformation went way back before Luther. But Luther was the, like when he put that nail in the door, that was like wham. And it just echoed through the, the world. And Protestantism said, we're going back to the Bible. And so Catholicism and Protestantism became a worldwide phenomenon. And they have always said that's the greatest phenomenon in the history of the church, but they are now revising it. Because there has been no phenomenon in the history of Christianity like the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So that right now, the the greatest move in the Christian church are people receiving the Holy Ghost. Now, many times I'll have apostolic people say to me, well, I don't understand that people get in the Holy Ghost, that... Don't live right and don't, so don't join the right, you know. So, and, and I'm not making fun of that. <laughs> it it kind of sounded like I was making fun of that. But, but the fact of the matter is, it is sometimes hard for us to understand. Like, for, for example, folks, listen, I got the Holy Ghost and spoken tongues before I was ever baptized in Jesus' name. And when I met Jesus' name people, they were, some of them were like, hmm. In fact, I had a lady come up to me. Is this okay? Are you okay? I know it's early. You might want to take your little, you know, set back, close your eyes. This would be the time for that right now. But I had a lady come up to me, and she said to me, I wasn't apostolic. I was just visiting. I, I was, the Lord was dealing with me. And I wanted to get baptized, but I wasn't going to tell them that. All right. And so, but I was thinking about it. I was trying to, and I told the pastor, I said, you ought to go visit them because they're weird. They're weird. They're, oh, they're weird. You know? And I was really afraid of them. And I thought, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to see what they're like. And so I went in the, for the first time into a Jesus name church and I was kind of feeling it out. And these people came up to me and I, I'm not, not I'm not knocking any of this. OK, they came up and they would witness and, you know, and, and, and they were like, you know, are you, you know, do you Trinitarian? And they, you know, and yes. And oh, are you, you know, good. Well, listen, let me give you a little track. And I remember this one guy reaching in his pocket or wherever it was. I think it was his Bible. And he pulls out this great big track, hands it to me. Why I need to be baptized. I said, well, I've, al- I've already been baptized. I wanted to hear what he would say. And all of that was good. But this one one lady said, so you, you, you're so-and-so church. And I told her, and she said, she said, oh, well, you can't have the real Holy Ghost then. 
And that little statement caused me to think, she's wrong. I've got the real Holy Ghost. Now, I may need to be baptized. I may need a lot of things. But I have the real Holy Ghost. Now, is there, are people faking the Holy Ghost and so on? Okay, maybe. But she just, the fact that I wasn't in the right church told her. Now, what if I'd let the devil use that? Now, she was an innocent little sister who was trying to just say, I mean, I don't think that was the right thing to say, but she was trying to say the right thing. She was trying to help me to know, you really need to think about this. Well, in my mind, I thought, wacko, I can't go back. And I told him, that's it for me. I'm, I'm done with that. But how many knows you never get away from it? You never get away from it. But what that showed me later was that many, many times we're, we don't understand why God would pour the Spirit out in places with people that don't seem to be worthy. And we, we seem to get the idea that nobody gets the Holy Ghost until they're dressing right and they look right and their hairdo's just right. And that's not so! People get the Holy Ghost because they're hungry for it. Someone said, well, they're baptized wrong. That doesn't keep people from getting the Holy Ghost. Now, you may say, well, that's, oh, my goodness, God wouldn't give them. No. Okay, I realize that we may, I've I got several questions I'm going to ask the Lord. Lord, why so and so and so on? I remember the time that I was talking to some Catholic priests about getting the Holy Ghost. And so I said, um, is this okay? I'm, I'm kind of, we're just kind of having a little chat here. All right, and he said, um, these priests said, they weren't women, they, they were men. And I said, um, now you've got, the, you've got the Holy Ghost. I said, and you spoke in tongues. He was telling me, I was telling him about how I got the Holy Ghost. And that I was Jesus' name. And he wasn't sure if I was okay. Because I baptized in Jesus' name. And I believe there's just one God. Just one person of God. He was afraid that if I denied his three-person trinity, that I was denying the faith. So he was looking at me like, hmm. And I'd done research on the growth of the movement and, you know, 30 million and so on. He was very troubled by that. And I was looking at him with a little, hmm. So what I was really trying to do was I wanted to see what it was about a Catholic priest that he would start speaking in tongues. And, and uh, by the way, everybody say praise the Lord. The, the wave of denominal people speaking in tongues has decreased tremendously in the last 20 years. All right. Are you with me? See, there was a move. It went on for about 30 years where Catholics and Lutherans and different ones, just millions of them were speaking in tongues. But recent research in the last five, 10 years are showing that that's been dramatically decreasing. Either they left the Catholic Church or they just quit doing it. And Catholic Church let them speak in tongues, didn't kick them out, just let them do it. But the question is. Why would God give the Holy Ghost? See, what, what, what is God doing? Well, see, it's, it's hard for us to let God be God and feel. He said, in the last days, I'm going to listen to what the Bible says. So this is a prophecy from Joel, but we find it in the book of Acts. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out. Everyone say pour out. You know, folks, you really, you really get in trouble when you're pouring something out. You know, if you, just, if you just say, in the last days, I'm going to take my spirit and I'm going to carefully do surgery and I'm going to give my spirit to this one. Okay, oh, look, how long's your dress? Oh, wait, nope, put that, make, oh, wait, what about your hair? Uh, what about your, what do you got on your face there? And the, okay, oh, here you go, I'm giving you the Holy Ghost. See, he could have said that. You say, what are you trying to do? You're trying to say these things don't matter? No, I'm not saying that at all. 
I'm telling you that God said, I'm going to let my spirit sweep the earth in the last days. I'm going to pour it out. So that, that means then that it's available to everybody. If they hunger for it. Now, sometimes this is a very hard concept, even for me, because I'll wrestle with God and I will say, Lord, you know, so and so and so. And, and uh, I even, but listen, uh, folks, let's be very honest here. It's not just non-apostolics that you sometimes wonder how they have the Holy Ghost. I know people whose tongues are so long that there's no way they're going to get into heaven. And yet they had the Holy Ghost. And they speak in tongues. I knew a man that was committing adultery, walking into my church and speaking in tongues. And when I, I said, you, you, what are, you're a mockery to God. I had one sister that had come out of the Catholic Church in our church in Chicago. And, and she got the Holy Ghost. And, and then she was trying to do right. And then she just backslid and went and was running around all kinds of stuff. And, and she come back to church. I, I said, listen, just come back to church. You don't have to join. You don't just come back. You don't, don't think you got to, if you can't even come to church unless you pay your tithes, just come to church. So she came into church and she sat down and the minute she did, the Holy Ghost fell. She started talking in tongues and she said, I have no intentions of coming back. I don't understand it, Brother French. I said, that's because you're not the one giving it. She said, well, God's, you know, God's, I'm speaking in tongues today and I've, I've been doing all these horrible things. Why would God? Because you yielded to it. You're hungry. Your intention is not God's intention. God knows what he's doing. That's what I'm trying to say. God knows what he's doing. And if somebody's a fake, somebody's doing wrong, somebody's sinning, well, God has to take care of that. What people are doing and, and whether they're right and they're wrong. You don't even, I don't know everything you're doing. And you don't know everything I'm doing. You don't know my motivation. What if my motivation was selfish and, and for money and for gain say and all that? That could happen. The Bible talks about it. it. Talks about the danger of that in ministry. See? And yet the Spirit's working in my life and so on. The Holy Ghost works and moves in such a way. In the last day saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon what? The united pentecost. No, no. No, he said, I'm going to pour my spirit out upon all flesh. And that's exactly what he's done. Praise God. And so people suddenly, now there's a more openness to speaking in tongues than there was years ago. Uh, because there's more understanding. More people receive it. And more people get the Holy Ghost that don't respond. And what I mean by that is make the kind of changes that the Word of God demands. Because they, they, don't, they don't follow through with it. And you say, well, why would God give somebody the Holy Ghost that doesn't follow through? See, see, we want to be God. We want to play. We want to know the end. We want to know why grass is green and skies are blue. We want to know all about it. And we want to tell God, now God, I don't know why you're giving them the Holy Ghost when they're not, they're not following through. I talked to a preacher just recently. Doesn't believe in holiness at all. Doesn't believe it matters one bit whether a person... Doesn't even think it matters if you're gay or if you're married or having illicit affairs. He doesn't believe any of that matters at all. I said, well, I'm not surprised. He thought I was going to go, woo! I said, that doesn't surprise me a bit. That's the world we're in. These last days... But I believe what the Bible says. That's what I told him. I believe what the Bible says. The Bible says it and I believe it. Praise God. So he pours the spirit out and 
Now, remember the little scripture over there in John uh, 16, where he says, I'm going to give you my spirit and it will. Are you, are you ready for this? It will. Hold on. Hold on. I, I'm getting I'm really enjoying this. I, I'm not supposed to enjoy this. OK, it says there that my spirit will lead. Everybody say lead. So, see, we think that if someone gets the spirit, they're automatically going to be led totally by the spirit. Yeah, we know that's not true. I know that's not true in my own life. We're having a fast, a three day fast at the end of January. You know why we're having it in January? Because I didn't want to have it in December. You know why? Because I'm human. I'd rather have a red velvet cake. Now you say, Brother French, don't admit that. They might be taping it. I'll, I hope they are. Because I'll tell you right now, the reason I have struggled with my weight and I struggle, I keep getting taller and taller. The reason this happens is because I'm human. And I, when you, you say, Brother French, why a 10-day fast? Brother French is a super faster. Well, just ask Sister French if I'm a super faster. When I go on lengthy fasts, I wake up in the night praying. And I'm not praying for you. I'm praying, Lord, when is this fast going to end? Now, eventually, I get my flesh and my body, and, and, and I, I, I get into it. And so I have to plan and so on. Now, this fast, we're, we're, by, by the way, we are having a three-day fast. And this is for a church-wide fast, not a personal fast. It's for all of us to join in that wants to. Some won't, some will. But we're going to do it. We're having a year planning session. We're, we're going to plan for revival in 2012, and God's going to fill people with the Holy Ghost. He's going to lead and guide them. But, but listen, my point is, when he says, I'm going to lead... That doesn't mean that I'm automatically every day I wake up. Listen, if you've got hate in your heart, if you've got murder in your heart, if you've got evil or immorality, that's not just going to leave because the Spirit's in you. It's only going to leave because you yield yourself to the Spirit. Read Galatians chapter 4. If you think that the, those things are going to just clear out of your life because you oh, I got the Holy Ghost, so I'm perfect, then you're crazy. It doesn't leave because you got the Holy Ghost. It leaves because you yield yourself to the Holy Ghost. Okay, no, 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 I'm not. You say, Brother Fritz, this is supposed to be Bible lesson. It's supposed to be what the Holy Ghost wants it to be. So, so you come in and you start yielding yourself to God. And you, you may think yesterday, you, let me tell you, right after you've been to church. And wow, hallelujah. We didn't even have, was it last Sunday we didn't even have preaching? And some people said, that's the best service we ever had. No, I, I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, nobody said that to me uh, but I did I told somebody wow what a service we didn't have preaching then I got to thinking wait a minute I was the preacher um, but we had an awesome service but let me tell you something as soon as God works mightily in someone at your highest mountain you're, you're right up there at the mountaintop that's when Satan says okay come on okay come on we're talking about it this morning in our uh, time with the staff back there. That the devil, the Bible says that you need to stand against what? The wiles of the devil. Wiles meaning the tricks. The tricks. That's one way to translate that. The, the trickery. Satan never operates above board. That's why it's always night and always sneaking around. Your wife doesn't know. That's why. He's a trickery. He's, he's full of wild, wily ways, as they say. But you need to be careful because you, the Bible says you need to be careful because 
anymore. I don't go there anymore. So then the devil comes right over alongside. You're not expecting that because you're so holy. You're so spiritual. And he just walks around, you know. And he, See, he's not afraid. Now, he's afraid of the Holy Ghost. I'm not, I don't mean that. But he's not afraid to come sneaking around you because he thinks he can, he can. That's why the Bible says resist the devil. Resist him. Because he's going to come. You just have to say, no, no. At your highest mountain, in your greatest victory. You say, Brother French, why, why are you saying that? Because there's no such thing as talking in tongues and getting the Holy Ghost and then everything being perfect. That doesn't happen. And the reason people get the Holy Ghost and don't follow through is because of sin and the sin nature. Someone said, well, I got the Holy Ghost and I'm gay. I had just recently. I, got, I said, well, great, good. Let me shake your hand. So he, what he meant was gay is okay because I got the Holy Ghost. I said, no, gay is not okay. Oh, no, 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 no. That'd be like saying I'm an axe murderer and then I got the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you can get the Holy Ghost. That doesn't make your sin okay. Yeah, but I kept right on. I'm just like I used to be. Well, then you're, you're sinning. You're walking on in sin. But what you need to do is let the Holy Ghost. He's going to lead and guide you. In fact, here's what I believe. Just a little, uh, whew, just a little uh, footnote. I've often said that when people get hungry and, they're, and they believe for the Spirit, God fills them. See, we think it's too soon. Oh, Lord, wait. Now, wait. They're, they're not ready. They're, they're, they're not, you know, they're not paying their tithes yet. Wait till they, you know. And God says, no, I'm not waiting. I'm, they need my Spirit. And He gives them the Spirit. And, that, and the reason He does is to start working in them. Now, the Bible says He will not. Now, is everybody with me? Oh, I really feel like this is what the Lord wants us to do. I, I'm going to go back up there. We're going to walk through it. But I want to say this. I want to be very clear. The Bible says he will not. You say, where is that, Brother French? His spirit will not dwell in an unclean temple. So does that mean that people get the Holy Ghost and then... They, all the oil runs out? I think so. Anybody hear a story in the Bible where they lost their oil? Anybody ever remember that? Well, that's an analogy. That fits what I'm talking about. People can receive, and then instead of, you know, you need to replenish that oil. How many knows if you're, if you're, if you're burning the oil, you've got to put more in there? Someone said, well, I got the, so, uh, great, but you've got to get more. You can't just say, 1952. No, no, 1952 is way back there. you got to get it now. It's Hey, folks, if you don't know it, it's 2012. It's time for more. you got to get more. You say, well, I forgave 100 people. Then so-and-so came along, and I've never forgiven him. No, 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 no. you got to forgive again. You haven't reached the number of times you've got to forgive. You haven't reached it yet. So you got to do it again. And you have to say, I forgive, I forgive. And then let that Spirit of Christ just fill you up. That's what the Spirit does. And of course, the other side of that coin are people who say, well, I've never spoken tongues, but I'm as spiritual as you are, see. So we've got all these people speaking in tongues who think that makes them holy, no matter what they do. And then you've got all these people, millions more than that, who never speak in tongues and say, well, I've got the Holy Ghost. Oh, I've got the same Holy Ghost you've got. And they'll say, don't you think I've got the same Holy Ghost you've got? And I'll say, no. Oh, no. How can it be the same? (laughs) 
I, I got the kind where you talk in tongues. That's the kind I've got. What kind do you have? Well, I've got the kind where you don't talk in tongues. That's a different one. That's not the kind I got. That's two different kinds. What you've got is different than what I've got. I've got the kind where you talk in tongues. You've got the kind where you don't talk in tongues. Oh, is that the? Yeah, that's the difference. So you don't have the baptism. I had a professor at university say, well, French, listen, it offends me that you're up here and studying Greek and Hebrew, and you're telling me that I'm not as spiritual as you are. And I said, I never one time said I'm not as spiritual as you. I mean, <laughs> that you're not as spiritual as I am. I never one time said to you, of course, he, he was a professor. I was, you know, uh, I was being very, very careful. I would have anyway. But since he was a professor and, and head of a major uh, deal, I, I was making sure I said this correctly. I said, I do not think that I'm better or more spiritual. He said that I made him into a second class Christian. That tongue talking made you super class. And then all these others down here. And I said, I never mentioned super Christians, not one time. You deducted that from a simple statement. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is accompanied by speaking in tongues. He interpreted that to mean, oh, you think you're better than me. I said, I never, I never said that. I don't think that. I don't think the Holy Ghost makes me better than anybody. But it does distinguish between getting it and not getting it. And I stand by that. I'm not better than anybody, but I've got a Holy Ghost where I speak in tongues. But what they're really trying to say is, it doesn't matter if you speak in tongues. I say, oh, it, oh, it does matter. Well, why if it doesn't make you better than me? I said, it's not about making me better than you. It's about getting the Holy Ghost. Well, they'll say, I've got it. He's at this way. I've got it. I said, how do you know? Well, and he had several good answers. He listed several things. He said, well, look at me. I go to church. I said, but every, every Buddhist, every Buddhist goes to church. That doesn't prove that. It doesn't prove that. So right, he said, oh, okay, okay. Uh, oh, I go to church. And he said, I believe in the Bible. I believe what the Bible says. I said, do you believe that they shall speak with tongues? Well, no, I don't believe that. Well, then you don't. You just told me you do, but you don't believe the Bible. I just read it to you. They shall speak with new tongues. And so you said, you don't believe that. Why don't you believe that? Well, I don't, I, I don't believe. And, and I said, no, no. The fact of the matter is, it's just a simple thing. I have the Holy Ghost where I speak in tongues. And God said, in the last days, I'm going to pour my spirit out. And they're, going to, and, and they're going to speak with new tongues. How many believe that here this morning? Now, you say, Brother French, are, are we overemphasizing it? No, I don't think so. But th that's not the point of this here this morning. The point is that God wants to save sinners. And he doesn't just want them coming to church and, and joining. And ch joining doesn't save. What they're looking for is the power of God in their lives. Let's lift our hands and thank God. Father, I thank you because you're able to help us here today. You're able to give us strength and lift us up. Praise God. Now, in, uh, in, in 15 minutes, um, Brother French is going to be preaching for us at the 11 o'clock service. Brother, Brother and Sister Wilson and Sister French and I are going to slip out in 15 minutes because we have a... a or, or wait, 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 no, not 15 minutes. Uh, at quarter after 11, we're going to 
we're going to slip out. So if you see us leaving, we're not heading over to uh, uh, Sunday's barbecue. We're we're, uh, we're 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 go- we're going to join the Sunday school. We have a little special time in there with the Wilsons. So we'll be doing that, and, and Brother French will be talking to us. But um, about a week before Christmas, uh, Brother and Sister French had come. They'd committed to coming to Jonesboro, getting work, and and uh, they've been they've been paying their own way, doing going, and the church is just praying about how to best accompany all this. And uh, they're coming on to uh, join us in ministry, and we're going to talk more about that in a few days but so they went to walmart over here because they'd made that commitment we're going to come we're going to help have revival in jonesboro and here's a man's been four years traveling full-time saw it all over in fact when i got him here he had to leave for almost three weeks because he had to fulfill obligations and people saying oh here here's what we you know here's what we want we want you to come here and so on i said you just tell him i'm going to jonesboro i've made my mind up so he he said i know dad i know i've already i realize that and so he went back to Chicago and preached and so on. But before they left, they went over just to, uh, to whatever you do at Walmart. I try to avoid going over there. But anyway, whatever you do at Walmart. And he went in the uh, store. And while he was in the store, a car that should have been going one direction, they pushed the gas. And, and Sister Rachel French, our daughter-in-law, was in the truck waiting for him to come out. Not the, not the kids, just her. And they rammed the truck. And it jarred her, but she was so worried about them because there were, what, six kids or something like that in the car, this little car. They were, well, anyway, they, they were worried that the police were going to come and so on, and they, they had certain problems they were wanting to avoid. And so they, they said, no, I'll pay for your headlight or whatever, their taillight and so on. And, uh, and they did. They, they said, we'll do this and that. And she was so worried. She said, okay, okay, no, 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 I'm not going to call the police. It's okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And, but their car was just completely crushed in. Probably did a 800, 2,000, whatever. Just completely took their van and crushed it. Well, um, from that day until yesterday, uh, Sister French began to have these excruciating uh, pains. And so we forgot all about that little crunch in the parking lot and we began to pray because we thought it could be several things that we were we, we knew that was a symptom even the doctor said that sounds like this and that and this and that and, and so we said well you've got to go in so she went to two doctors this week so sick she could barely move and when she went in and they checked her out two different doctors at Henry and then uh, somewhere else both doctors said ma'am you have a concussion. You you need to lay down. You need to not move for at least a week. You've had a, you've had an accident. She said, "Well, I I, I mean I I felt kind of bad, but I had a little fender bender." But he said, "No, no, no. You, where your head was, you, this car, the way it hit, you've you've got a concussion. You, it's very dangerous. You need to lay down because she's got two children. So we've been forced to take those little grandbabies. It's just been really." Um, and help out, but uh, but here's what I'm saying. That here's why I'm saying it. As soon as you make a commitment to do the will of God, Satan thinks that if he just turns the accelerator the wrong way and rams your truck, that you're going to run. But we're not running. See, because the minute you make your mind up, Satan gets angry. The minute you say, "Okay, I, I know what God wants." 
They sent us a beautiful letter. I, I'm going to read it. We'll, we'll talk to you more about that. But before they ever got here, they said, this is what God has said to us. <laughs> you see, folks, we're in the business of listening to the voice of God. That's what it's all about. You say, well, this is what I want. Well, there's a lot of things I want, but I'm surrendered what I want to what God wants. And just say, Lord, thy will. Now, okay, she has a real concussion. I don't like that. You know what that does? That makes me mad at the devil. You say, you shouldn't get mad like that. Well, you're right. So I'm going to get over that. So I, I tell the devil, I had a little prayer meeting, and the Lord said, who are you talking to, me or the devil? Well, Lord, I'm talking to you. No, you're not talking to me. Why don't you look this way? When you're talking to me, look over here. Because I'm over there telling the devil, what, don't you dare, you think you get your hands off of you, don't you dare. The Lord saying, who are you talking to? Well, Lord, I'm talking to you. No, you're not talking to me. The devil's not going to listen to you unless you come through me. Because you up there doing karate, that he doesn't care. So I said, Lord, put your arms around him. Any weapons that the devil has formed no matter how it may seem. Some of you are facing things. You wonder why. How many knows that the Spirit of God is bigger than any problem that we're facing right now? The Spirit of God is bigger than any problem that we're facing. So there's a little example of how God works. And you say, well, uh, see, a lot of times we ask, well, why didn't it work out this way? Why the concussion, Lord? See? Why the cancer? Why? And we, we start wondering all the whys and of course sometimes people will say well if you were really spiritual and the fact of the matter is it's because it's be like saying here you are in the battle and you're fighting and then you get boom and it get you get I, mean, I don't mean of course we're actually fighting with swords none of us are actually fighting with swords but you're out there fighting and, and of course we don't fight anymore with swords they might in France I don't know where they fight with swords okay I just don't know we, we generally fight with bombs and bullets that go a long ways. So I, I just don't know how to illustrate that. But you're out there fighting the devil, and, and then you get wounded. And, and, and someone comes, oh, you got wounded. And people don't do that. You think military people, when they're buddy, I've got a friend. We have a very close family friend that was just blown. I mean, literally exploded just before Christmas in Afghanistan. Do you think his buddies came along and said, well, look at this guy. He got nearly blown to bits. No, they don't do that. Do you, think, you think? That's why it always amazes me when Christians do this to one another. Oh, well, you, God must be trying to beat you half to death. Blaming it all on God. Let me tell you something, folks. We're in a battle, but our God is going to win this thing. Praise God. God is good. God is good. All right, so now I don't have my... Uh, advancer here so let's let's move on we've only got a few more minutes but just before we uh, wrap it up here he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but what unto God so it is of little surprise that the devil fights so hard to keep people from receiving the spirit and speaking in tongues I've had brilliant people. I've had people that I knew. You're going to have to receive this from the Lord, folks. I'm not telling you uh, that you have to. You, you know these people. But I have known people that loved God. 
and they were brilliant. They knew seven languages. They were, they were capable of things that most, uh, the average individual, just, they were just way out there. And you'd tell them, this is my experience. I, I was uh, praying and I, suddenly I began to speak. Oh, no, no, no. Talmadge, Talmadge, no, that's not possible. Well, the Bible says it's possible. No, no, no. People don't speak in tongues anymore. What that means, and they'll go to the Greek and they'll say, what that means is, and then they'll say, well, wait, what about this? I, I've had eight years of Greek. That could mean this. Oh, well, no, no, I don't take that. That would mean we speak in tongues today. Yes, that's what I'm trying to tell you. We speak in tongues today. What he gave them, the same God that gave them the Spirit, is the God that's giving us the Spirit. Do you believe God loves all of us the same? I said that once in a, I wasn't Pentecostal, they wanted me to teach on Pentecostalism. And they wanted to know, well then why didn't they speak in tongues in the Old Testament? Did God love them as much as us? I said, he certainly did. I said, but it was not dispensationally ready. This didn't just happen because somebody said, okay, I think I'll talk in tongues. It took a cross. It took Calvary to get this in place. It took thousands of years of God getting the Jewish people ready for this. See, we're, we're so, boy, I tell you what, we are so uh, accustomed to instant microwave, you know. I mean, I'd hate to have to go back. Some people, my dad still loves to put it on the stove and, and it tastes good. I like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But dad, I'll say, dad, we got it. We got a microwave. Oh, no, we don't want that old microwave. I've got this big giant pan, and, and I've got a lid here, and he pours it in. See, yeah, but Dad, that's very oily. That's the good stuff. The oil's what makes it good, and pours it in there. There's nothing wrong with that. But we get so accustomed to, to things that we think that everything is just as simple as the click of our hand. Folks, We're talking about our eternity here. We're talking about our souls. That's why people... Someone said, I'm surprised 600 million are talking in tongues. I'm not surprised at all. I am not at all surprised. We're almost 3 billion people. I expect at the coming of the Lord that they would be getting the Holy Ghost. Someone said, but there's a lot of wicked people. You better believe it, but you better thank God for this church. In this last day, holding all that evil back. Praise God. So little wonder that Satan fights it. That when you begin to speak in tongues, that you're speaking not unto men, but unto God. So that's one of the wonderful things about the gift of God. That you have opportunity to communicate directly with God. Can you say praise the Lord? Uh, oh, I, I, I want so much to, I just keep getting carried away. I guess we're going to have to move on next time to something else. Because I, there's just ten little uh, things I want to get to and I keep going back. And we're, now we're back at two. We got all the way to three last time. And here we are back again. But how many are glad that God loves the souls of men and women? Will you let God be the baptizer? Let him do the work. We got people in this altar that are seeking the Holy Ghost. How many will pray that God will pour the Spirit out upon them? 
praise God. Let's stand together, shall we? Our praise team is getting ready to come, and they're going to join us. But here's what I'd like us to do. I'd like us to pray that God will pour the Spirit out wherever He wants to pour it, whatever He wants to do, and we're going to be recipients of it. Could we praise Him right now? Father, right now I pray for healing across the sanctuary. I pray for the presence of God and the move of God, that it will touch us, that you will talk to us, you will minister to us. I pray right now that the word of God will be anointed, that you will speak to our hearts, that you will bless our teachers. Lord, let the Holy Ghost touch our children so they're not afraid of the, of the demonstration of the Spirit. They're not afraid of the, the volume and the noise and the excitement God, you may be seated. Let's worship.